sick of the same old radio sound, <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Ah, oh, is this because this is not on? Uh, there you go. I can hear you now. It's because the mic, the headphones went on. Okay. Hello everybody, welcome along to Medley Sound on Spice FM 98.8 FM, I am of course Mr. Stephen Hesse and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon in this cold winter wonderland that is the northeast of England, uh, thank you so much for listening, this is your first time listening to us, we much appreciate it, um, little disclaimer which we always do in the shows, I've got such energy today, I don't know what's going on, it's that subway I think I had. You've had your um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my Weetabix, yes because I'm 12, um, <laughs> um, but yeah so um, yeah I just got such energy, it's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome, like compared to last time because I was so sick if you remember. Uh, which didn't quite help but um, yeah so a little disclaimer for people who haven't listened to us before is we're called Mentally Sound and we're on Twitter which is at underscore Mentally Sound I am at Geek underscore Apocalypse and I'm with my good host Mr. Ricky Thamen who is at Vivid Ricky and uh, we talk about mental health um, and obviously be- that the disclaimer is is that we're going to talk about taboo stuff potentially stuff that may seem difficult to listen to and we always make that disclaimer because obviously this is our fourth show here 
fourth show, fifth show, fifth to fifth show, something like that. If you include the pilot, I think it's the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we always let people know because obviously we have a new audience on this station, and obviously people who might you know channel hop or uh, do people still channel hop? Yeah. <laughs> who knows these days? Or radio hop, I yeah. guess. Does anyone hop at all? That's the question I'm asking. Um, so but yeah. Not. <laughs> so bring, bring, not. bring back hopping. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, this is a complete, uh, segue, but my a very good friend, Nick, who, um, I, I should congratulate if she's listening to this because she's, uh, she, um, found out she was pregnant uh, oh. on Friday, which was a big, um, which was a big, uh, surprise to me, uh, very unexpected. And she was telling me about her other, uh, kids who were like between six and eight and they were doing, um, sports day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether you remember this, but I was under the sort of impression that Sports Day was kind of like sort of being phased out. Like this idea of competition for young people was kind of like this thing of you can't put yourself in a sack and run. And like, it, 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 and I, it, am I like totally making that up, or was that ever really like a? I'd be really upset if Sports Day wasn't around <laughs> because I still herald my egg and spoon certificate <laughs> because I, I won first. I was I was first in egg and spoon. The only the only uh, disclaimer to that is it wasn't a real egg; it was a tennis ball. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I still have that certificate. Seven years old, I won that race. That's my. Um, Oh my god! <laughs> I can't be proud of anything. I'm proud of. No, I don't want to squash uh, Ricky's dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a bit harsh. Um, but yeah, so um, as I said, so um, obviously as well uh, in regards to Spice FM, obviously you can get in touch uh, if you go to spicefm.co.uk. You can find out all the information about the radio shows, and you can email us at studio at spicefm.co.uk, or you can text us at eight zero zero three nine and type type text the word spice. Um, but yeah, um, as I say, we'll try. One of the things we're trying to do, and if anyone's listened to this interested is we had this idea of wanting to get someone to sit in the studio um, and basically look at the tweets because this is very hard to do when you're doing a show um, and maybe have someone to be like the Google corner like I guess like dictionary corner for countdown yeah. um, where it can be like are we right in saying that this thing happened at such a time um, so yeah so we'll... much fake news going about when you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we're, and we're always making stuff up when we do this so um, you know I don't think we've even got mental health issues to be honest but, <laughs> um, but anywho um, so cool I guess the obvious thing because we've got a bit of time or we should mention as well um steve o'driscoll who usually helps us in here um because he does university stuff and he's doing interviews so obviously i hope that goes well for him um so we're going to do a little bit like lazy how do you say that word lazy lazying uh, my dyslexia yeah yeah Yeah, we're being lazy today that's what we're doing um no but we're only a day late yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey believe me that any reason to be lazy uh but um yeah so uh, Ricky may have to like sort of leave the studios at some point and I'll ad lib because um we don't have a person to basically whatever that word I'm trying to say um to go to the guests so um so we we're going to have to like sort of be a conveyor belt of uh, of of going to get guests potentially because um they're obviously going to be outside the studio um so there's that also he won't be involved in mental health news but me and Ricky will do that on our own um and he we did have some pre-records but unfortunately a little bit of boring information, but my laptop broke. So I'm the person who usually does all the pre-records and prepares them for the show, but I couldn't do it, so we're minus two pre-records. So our solution to that is, well, once I get my laptop back, because it's only a small repair job, um, is I'll, we'll put we'll play the pre-records next month on next month's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apologies to the people who Steve O'Driscoll interviewed, um, but we couldn't uh, play them because tune for in, various reasons. Tune in next time. Yes, yeah. tune in next time and we'll fix that problem. Um, we should also be in the interest of full disclosure. Um, there's an issue with the podcasting, which is why um, they haven't been put up. Um, 
the reason for that is because on May sh- May show, I think I'm right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong, Ricky. Um, uh, the recording yeah. didn't happen. Uh, our reason, what we think happened, um, and obviously just to be on the safe side, I now am aware of when I know it's recording on the system. So don't worry, this is recording for people who care. Um, but the reason what happened, I think. Um, and I don't know if even Ricky knows this, but I think I may have figured out what happened, is because we do a second Friday of every month, um, they they processed in the computer, because of Bush being a relatively new show, that they recorded every four weeks. Mm -hmm. And so the problem with that scenario is that it's a five-week month, is that I think it recorded the show like a week later, because we we were confused by the idea of the only show on our database was a week after we did it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it recorded just a playlist of music. uh, so that was obviously disappointing on our front. So we, we apologise. We get those guests back to Yes, back. but obviously we did the live version. So, you know, we did obviously adhere to the, the thing. And the, I keep reiterating to people who listen to this is that the podcasting is essentially a bonus thing that I do in my spare time. Um, and that's the reason for the fact that um, not only have I been ill, um, but now my laptop's out of action for a significant period of time. So it's frustrating because, and also to reiterate, we're a fully volunteered team um so you know it's we're essentially doing about 20 people's jobs with a forver um so it's it's you, a you it's a yeah 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 well well you're not <laughs> well you're not um you know minimum wage isn't enough for you, you were Ill, now you're yes Ill, yeah. yeah 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 exactly i gotta pay the bill somehow yeah. just like i'm 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 getting ads i'm getting ad money and just keeping it to myself <laughs> but I, yeah I so don't trust anybody anymore yeah i know yeah <laughs> it's the world we live in isn't it yeah <laughs> it's like don't trust don't trust the people even mostly close to you um yeah what was it uh keep your friends close keep your enemies closer yeah uh it's the blade blade motto isn't it i think it's in blade yeah uh that's one of his uh, uh things such a geeky reference um but anyway it's just i felt i felt the need because we were like this when we used to do community this on the community radio station is we're, we're painfully honest i think that's half the reason why doing a mental health show is that you'd be honest about your, your illnesses and we're honest about mistakes that were made and um, obviously we take responsibility for that so if you've been wondering what's happened with the podcast and that's basically what's going on um so my plan is to once to get my laptop back uh we're going to put a best of version out so basically some clips of our old shows are going to replace the may one and as ricky mm-hmm. just touched on we're gonna um we're gonna get the guests for that live show that we did because obviously it got broadcasted live but we're going to invite them back and potentially fill in and do an extra show that's our current plan um anywho uh that long-winded thing so what we usually end up asking because it makes sense doing a mental health show is how have you been mr ricky any any bit of news you want to share uh well as as we alluded to before you know uh, i've told you before how the heat kind of affects my anxiety i mean we've had like a really inconsistent weather mm-hmm. of late i mean today's I, I i'm quite glad it's quite cool and sort of a bit rainy because it suits me otherwise i'd be coming in sort of really fully charged up penned up with anxiety but uh, I'm, I'm okay today yeah I've, I've been a bit bumpy recently anxiety wise and stuff but other than that i'm still in one piece i'm still here mm-hmm. how about you um all right. I mean, obviously, there's some personal stuff that's yeah. happened to me recently, but um, which I'll get into because I want to make this a tribute to my friend John Bradshaw. Um, because unfortunately, I went to his funeral on Wednesday. Um, people who know me behind the scenes will know the story, but basically, um, I might have even mentioned it when it happened. Um, but my friend John, who um, uh, met through board games, um, had uh, had terminal cancer for quite a while, and uh, he died ten days ago. Uh, well, actually, longer than that now, but his funeral was 10 days beforehand. And, in fact, like, one of the hardest things to me is I actually was there the day he died. 
um, which is obviously a tough thing to go through. Um, but um, I, I know this is close to Ricky's heart, so I don't want to upset him. But um, this is one of these things where um, whenever you hear the word terminal, it's like you just hope for the opportunity mm-hmm. that they last a lot, that they last as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lasts nearly three years. Um, and considering, I think the longest that their doctor said was about five, if he was lucky. So I think he he had a good innings considering, and he was an old man, uh, he, as in he had a relatively long life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of looking at it in that sense, and and in a way, seeing someone on the day that they you find out that they died, um, just seeing the person that frail and fragile and and stuff makes you sort of realize that like it's kind of okay it's kind of this weird twisted logic because you don't want them to obviously pass away Mm -hmm. but in the condition that you see them in Mm -hmm. and cancer is so brutal for anyone that's i'm sure majority of people listening to this will know what it's like Mm -hmm. um it's it's there's a there's a a strange okayness about it like it's weird because obviously you're sad and i I Mm -hmm. think about him obviously and i won't not think about him um but it's um that you have a sense of relief and i know that there's some people who might consider that controversial or something but it, it you really do have a sense of relief that like it he's not suffering well, anymore yeah. i mean um i lost my dad to yes. a very similar condition was it his prostate, was it prostate? Uh, he had bowel cancer, cancer i believe yeah. yeah my dad my dad passed away through bowel cancer as well yeah was, <clears throat> no sooner did he become ill i mean he he only lasted months really which is, yes. which is very sad and uh-huh. It, it was a very traumatic time, and uh, it, it does play on your emotions. You just, you just, it's, it's a kind of like. I mean, did you wake up every morning since, and you, you, kind of wondered, would this be hear the news where you might hear something bad, and you always kind of carry nerves around with you? Um, I was during that time. I did, I did during the last few weeks because yeah. his health really nosedived. Yeah. Um, it's weird because when you first find out, I, I would say. The silver lining to it, and I know this is a very, forgive us for being this a very depressing subject matter, but I think it's important because, um, the, the, the realization of it is, is that we're all gonna have to go through that at some point. Cancer's like second only to depression, I believe, in terms of treatment. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anyone. Um, but it's just an important thing to talk about because people obviously talk about the person going through it but the person who has to help them very often gets overlooked um, and I'm not saying I was the most important person obviously his wife and his family um, but um, yeah I would say I was more upset which sounds strange to say I was more upset when he told me than actually going through it which is a very strange feeling to be in um, because you you kind of if you have enough awareness of the situation you know that it's never going to get better Um but um, I liked Christopher Hitchens' point. I always kind of look go to his lectures. I know this seems like an odd segue, but he said a really great point when he got through cancer because a lot of religious people were saying that's what he deserved because he was very anti-religion. Um, but I loved his thing when someone said, so how have you been dealing with, you know, having throat cancer? And he said, well, you know, and he said a very sort of quirky answer. And then he went, well, there's no bones about it, though. I'm dying. But what gives me comfort is, so is everybody else. <laughs> it just happens that I'm slightly doing it, quicker than you. Uh, <laughs> and I like that answer. One of my, but, one of my yeah. heroes, Bill Hicks, said something similar. Yes. Say, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he would always be in the show and say, okay, hands up, all you non-smokers. And, and he says, well, just got, I've got news for you. You guys are going to die as well. <laughs> so it's, it's I know, yeah. It's something people don't think about, yeah. And as someone who's quit smoking several times in my life, and I know this is... I, I, I'm being, um, you know, jovial when I say this, but, like, I totally understand why people I'll do. I'll just make this point. Um, I think, yes, we should talk about things more because it is, it is hugely emotional yeah. and personal. And I'll give you a quick topical reference because... Um, 
Uh, very very recently, we lost uh, little Bradley Lowry, uh, the little lad from Sunderland. Uh, oh yeah, and if I didn't realise he died. If you tune fun. into um, uh, Football Focus on Saturday, Jermaine Defoe, I think, has been. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, sorry. His friendship yeah. with him uh, opens up and talks about his friendship. I mean, seeing them two together, you know, little Bradley in Jermaine's arms is is such an endearing image. Uh, it, I always like smile when I see it. When yeah, I there's it. a really good niceness to it, though. Like, mm-hmm. there's a really good. There is an upside. Obviously, uh, I guess it's it just helping someone through that situation mm. is pretty nice. And what um, that did as well, I know there's a, a huge rivalry between us and Sunderland, but uh, it, it united the, uh, the football yeah, yeah, family yeah. and we also became... Well, it was like the... I always used to like when Everton and Liverpool used to do the Hillsborough disaster yeah, and they yeah. used to like, you know, Everton would do, be just as supportive. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I always like that because I think that's sort I of, do. you know, rivalries are rivalries, but there's more important things, really. Sport, there's more important things in sport, really. It's the same when them um, two lads who died on the flight to watch Newcastle in pre-season training, you know, the, the, the airplane that got shut down. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, fo- in the matches that I've attended. Oh, yeah, they do the whole... Yeah. A, clapping uh, at a yeah. certain point in like 30 minutes very, or something the fans always sort of nicely join in yeah I remember I, I attended a match after that happened and I was confused I was I didn't understand why everyone was clapping and then my mm. uh, I can't remember who I was with they went oh to do with the people who died in that play and I was like oh that's a really cool thing to do it's, it, it kind of shows that football does have a you know for all its criticism is there are some fans who actually yeah. you know have some morals <laughs> it's not all about the money people yeah. um, but anyway um, okay, that was a very depressing first, <laughs> fifteen. Um, but it was, it was something. It was incredibly important. Makes sense. That's yes. the word. <laughs> I just tweeted that it was like, oh, we're going to talk all mental health and some fun times. Fun times are coming, I promise you. Yeah. Um, it may take some time to get there. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to mention as well, which is going to make Ricky laugh as well. It didn't help as well at the start of the week, but it actually had a really good positive effect on me, which is sounds strange. But I went to see Dunkirk. <laughs> Oh. So the most the most Such serious film. film I <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to have a funeral in a couple of days for a friend, and uh, I'm going to go and see the most serious film in the history of. The, um, and it's so nothing like a good war film to cheer it's, you. Cheer but it's done in such a way as well. And I was pitching it to Ricky on the phone the other night, going, "You need to see this because I know he likes war films." And um, it's so it's made to make you be so self-absorbed like you're involved in the yeah. absorbed in the actual thing that's happening because there's no credits at the beginning okay. doesn't even oh, say what right. the film is i think it says dunkirk maybe but there's no credits which i noticed and i said mm-hmm. my friends you realize there's no credits I'm like oh yeah no credits there's about um 10 pages of dialogue i'm not kidding was it the same as like saving private Ryan? yes he said he was scene. inspired by that yeah, okay. um yeah right. he said and um, the music, there's no like real music in it. It's all like just like strings being tightened and like. Private Ryan and that opening sort of ten fifteen minutes is probably the most dramatic cinematic experience I've had. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he yeah. said that it, I, I saw it. I read the trivia bit of IMDb about this film, and uh, Christopher Nolan said he was inspired by Saving just Private. Just a quick Ryan. thing about war films, because uh, when I I've said this before on the show, when I when my uh, dad had a shop in Biker. We, we, we it was next to a video rental, and I was always renting sort of these Vietnam <laughs> type films because were they ever concerned? Were they ever concerned about you? Yeah. <laughs> As you, know, you don't know people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All he does is watch films. It, it dealt with PTSD, uh, but little yeah. did I know when I developed the condition later that how much that kind of I, I know I now know why that had a. a There's a guy. Um, this isn't spoiling the film, by the way, so I think I can say I can real estate. Yeah, there's a guy, uh, a silly. You, you need to do spoiler alert. Silly, uh, uh, yeah, but this is uh, not relevant. This is not relevant because it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, Cillian Murphy, the actor, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, he plays a guy who's yeah. suffering PTSD because right. he sees a traumatic thing. Mm-hmm. You don't know, quite know what it is because they they rescue him and he's on top of like a boat that's sinking. Yeah. And uh, he ha- he's it's interesting because he he does something the, uh, he does like something but he doesn't ah yeah. oh, I really like Cillian yeah. Murphy he's great obviously worked with Chris Van Olen and Batman and stuff Danny but, Boyle's films yeah and um, I should mention as well and I never thought I'd utter these words but do you know who's in Dunkirk who got a lot of press for it yeah ha- as in um, certain Mr yes yeah. called Mr Harry Styles uh, from One Direction and I have to say and it pains me to say it <laughs> but he's really good in it <laughs> It's really frustrating because, yeah, I know, yeah, I, I, you know, I really was like, because my friend said on the way there, you know, oh, you know, I got person in a boy band in it, and I did hear that I'm pretty certain one of the people from, and it was a separate article I must have read and got the two mixed up. I think I read there's a guy from, well, yeah, but there's a guy I think from NSYNC who's an actor because uh, there were made, there was an article being read, there was an article I read something to do Justin with ju- no, but Justin Tim, it was an article basically saying that none of the people in that band other than Justin did well, but then someone pointed out one of them was an, an actor and he was in a recent film, and I think that's true, but I might have confused it when I went to see Dunkirk thinking that was the article I read, but it turns out it was Harry Styles and like, but as I say though, I would love to be the joke I made when I was watching Dunkirk right was I would have loved to be a fly in the wall when he pitched this film because he's like right, he has a script. Uh, excuse me, Christopher. It's got like ten lines in it. <laughs> like what? So he would have had to spend the entire time like pitching what it looks like because most of it's about the the although the 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 fight scenes are just amazing. Like I mean, it, and it, the tension in it's there amazing. A, but there is a, a Dunkirk um, starring Richard. Yeah, Arthur. in like 1950s yeah, or something. Yeah, it was 1958. Yeah. I mean, it, um, that was another thing I, I read on IMDb. Yeah. Timberlake was there. Uh, was a weird segue, but he, he was brilliant in Social Network. Have you seen that film? Like, I have not. He was good. Um, I think I've seen. Is it Friends with Benefits with um, oh, Mila no. Kunis? I've seen that, yeah. uh, which I, which was okay. This um, is movie talk. I know. Yeah, this is. Uh, we should bring back the film thing. Yeah, uh, like, I, I, would, I would, I would, happily spend another twenty minutes talking about Dunkirk. It was yeah. good. I would just say my final summary of it was um, the first thing I said when I left the cinema and it's on Monday, like quite late was it was Inglorious Bastards, um, which I, I'm I assuming I'm allowed to say pre-Watershed, because yeah. it is the name of the film. <laughs> um, That's my favourite Tarantino film, actually. Yeah, but but I remember seeing that in, on a, at my cousin's house on DVD. I never mm-hmm. saw it of the pictures, mm-hmm. and I watched it going, great film, but I had no desire to see it again, because it's so intense. Yeah, and I feel great. exactly the same way about Dunkirk. I've been saying everyone, go and see it. But I imagine most people are like, great film, don't want to really see it anymore. Like, I might see it in 10 years' time, but I'm yeah, saying I'm not I'm not going to like rush to see that, it. Yeah. yeah, it's so powerful. Um, and for a film that has, for someone who's very chatty like me, and it has very few lines in it, I was like, I was I was glued to it. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pleased I went to see it. Because I was like not sure what I should go in my current state yeah. of mind, but actually it did a, it had a very positive impact on me because it was like at least we don't have to fight for our freedom, yeah. <laughs> like at least not right now, North Korea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that might change. Yeah. Um, anywho, um, any final words in the intro? Because I need to uh, play a song, obviously, and we'll do the. Um, we've got another couple of minutes. Um, but yeah, um, I think I've covered all the. Did I mention? Did I forget anything that no, I needed I to mention in terms uh, of news? 
There's, um, there's other points there that I'll raise in uh, mental health news. Yes. Other than that. Obviously, yeah, we've got mental health news at the, the, the beginning of the second hour where we go into more detail about mental health news-related stuff and obviously we're crowbarring potentially some headlines as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's just, it's it's really nice to, to be back and it be positive and we have a guest coming in, which is perfect timing if it's Mandy. Is this Mandy? Mandy. It is. Take a seat and we're going to take a break in a second so we can talk to you. Um uh, I'm wondering, right? I don't know why this is. This is so freaky. I just saw it on the database and I started going. It's on the database. Um, do you like the Ghostbusters song? Because oh, <laughs> for some reason, I was having a debate with a friend of mine a few days ago, and I started going like, like when we all when we all humming it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I was like, I've been humming it the last like two days, and I just noticed it's on the database. I'm like, let's play it, let's play it. Do you know who brought that back? Was it Jedward who sang that? Oh my god! Oh yeah, it was Jedward. Um. Do not speak their name again. That's like well, Lord, that's like Lord Voldemort. You mentioned Harry Styles. Yeah. So I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I was yeah. Let's just start naming people who have no talent. <laughs> Although Harry, St- Harry Styles, I said he's good in Dunkirk. Do not diss him. Um, I hate these band he's in, but he was very good. And I, I, I don't, I'm not surprised he got picked. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, he did a good job. Well, he basically played an annoying person in it, so I think he's clearly typecast. He was agent. Yeah, I am actually, yeah. You're not doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I mention it, I get 20%. Anywho, right, just let me segue in, because I need to find where the jingles are. It's 12.30, isn't it? Yeah, so we'll play that. Um, right, um, so obviously, yeah, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to be right back with Mandy uh, to talk about some street, streetwise. Street yeah, um, and uh, and Hannah, who's basically uh, waiting in the studio, is going to be in the second hour, I'm guessing now, because Mandy's here. Um, so just waiting patiently. Um, so obviously, got some guests coming in, uh, and obviously, as I said, we're going to play the Ghostbusters themes after these ads, and we'll be right back on Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Mandy from everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM, uh, 98.8 FM. I hope you're having a very good afternoon. Um, this is one of the things where I really think we should be like have a fly on the wall during the breaks. And I don't mean because Ricky wasn't part of it. I apologise, mate. Um, but uh, just because um, we were talking, it was very interesting, the conversation. It's like um, when Howard Stern has a break and you hear the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Just like I was like chatting away going, no, let's save this for the actual moment we're on the air. Um, but it's all really good. Because, um, yeah, um, we were just talking to Hannah because obviously Hannah's going to talk about her PhD. Yeah, um, so that's interesting. Can't wait to talk about that because um, because um, um, she's doing something with Ricky afterwards in terms of doing an interview about anxiety, uh, I believe. So that's obviously going to be interesting. But obviously, welcome back. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we have some live guests, and our first live guest is waiting, uh, and we're going to talk to her about Streetwise, which um, which I believe, and she can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'll obviously uh, introduce her to the show first. Uh, please welcome Mandy. Hello. Hello. Uh, so thank you so much for for being on. Obviously, we always very grateful to have live guests because it makes it more of an exciting in- interaction and whatnot um, but yeah as I say because I know Ricky's got a lot to talk about because he arranged the interview mm-hmm. so I'm just intrigued because I used to work a bit of background is I used to work as a social worker slash youth worker for the YMCA oh, yeah. and I'm pretty certain I heard Streetwise as the name come up before and I was just intrigued to know do you do for example do you work because I know it's like young people mm-hmm. basically Am I, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong like yeah, is that we, the sort of gist yeah, we work with uh, young people across the region 
age 13 to 25 yes. on any issue that a young person presents. Mm-hmm. So we've worked in partnership and still do with the YMCA, with all the young people services across the city and across the region. Um, and we never turn a young person away. And just when you're saying about Hannah, one of our biggest issues that comes to counselling is anxiety. Ah. Uh, and we've experienced a 200% increase in suicidal young people in the last two yeah. years. Yeah, we talked about, didn't we talk about this, I'm trying to think, two shows ago? Mm. That I don't know if this is still true, but I didn't think we it was say that it's social media, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but we were basically saying what, but what didn't we also we had a we had a section about suicide, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty certain didn't aren't we have don't we have the worst? We have the highest suicide yes. rate in the uh, in the northeast for men over thirty. Yes, we've got an increase in suicide rate for young men, and <sighs> our young people an increase in terms of suicide ideation, which is mm-hmm. thinking about it planning it but not quite acting it out as, as such but certainly young people who are feel that their only option is to take their own life which yes. is quite serious for us and that's across all genders all disabilities race you name it uh-huh. and that's quite distressing for us to hear that young people at such a young age 12 13 14 year old are thinking that they're gonna you know we've had a young person recently it's a real concern for us in yeah. streetwise you know another because of this recent change in trend then have you had to change your approach to, to oh yeah yeah i mean we're Good never question. change our approach to young people we always take young people on face value so whatever they present we yeah. listen to them make sure that they're not feeling judged that they're respected mm-hmm. that they have an opportunity to talk about what's going on for them mm-hmm. but you know as a result of the increase in anxiety depression suicide amongst young people all our staff are suicide prevention trained mm-hmm. we've all done assist training we've done safe talk training and we've rolled that out to every member of staff mm-hmm. admin workers you know inclusive so you know we're, uh, it's on our radar more than more than usual i would suggest mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i would also say just for the benefit of i should have said this before sort of talking to you so forgive me is this is anyone's listening to this who feels anything remotely like this obviously you know please do discuss the samaritans and stuff and obviously yeah. we should a little bit of a disclaimer as that we're going to be talking about something that may be yeah. potentially a little uh, yeah. difficult to listen to so yeah. for sure um, if young people ever want to yes. you know if they do need support after this you know conversation they can yes. ring mountains so you know yeah. wise we've got people well, obviously it, all the time yeah. what we always yeah. do at the end of the interview is like your information about yeah. your good yeah. self yeah. and yeah. stuff so yeah. we'll get to that i just wanted to make sure obviously the reason we do a show like this is hopefully if someone is listening that we make yeah. a difference in that regards that because um, there was a great question that, that Ricky said, but I would say, I guess to make it a more basic thing, and I'll throw it back to Ricky, is that, because I was sitting listening to that intently going, um, I've talked about this quite, you know, openly on here, as I've had, quite because of having a bipolar disorder, which is very brutal, um, I've had suicidal tendencies most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate I don't feel that way now, but I mean, that might change, and I think that's kind of just being realistic about the situation. Um, and I know this is like a very, you know, unfair question, but I think it's important to say, because when we debated the whole suicide going up and the suicide rate going up, we asked a very simple question, but we don't know because we're not on the front line, as it were. Like, what do you, what can you do about it? Like, what's the proactive way of, of helping someone in that situation, I mean, from your point of view? From our point of view, the first yeah. thing is to try and encourage anybody who's thinking about it, who's in that state of mind yes. or just you know worry to come forward and listen to but also to pick up some of the keys or the yeah. sort of like the invitations that we call them yeah where someone would say that they're feeling down or they're mm-hmm. not feeling okay and to actually um you can't make somebody think of suicide it's already there so you yeah. can't in you can't 
get them to to do something that they're not already thinking about so don't feel as if you can ex, you know accelerate anything and it's to be there and listen to that to that person just say what's going on for you what sort of things are you thinking about not feel frightened to have a conversation you can't make it any worse yeah you can make it better by listening think about things that are preventing that young person from taking you know the next steps talk mm-hmm. about what's going on for them what sort of things are helping them but also making sure that they've got somebody who they can listen who's respecting that where they're at doesn't dismiss it doesn't say it's not something that mm-hmm. you know everybody goes through make it feel really real for that person be yeah. very honest and congruent yeah i think that's very wise because you you are who you are and doing what you do do you feel that you're kind of um Filling in a gap where perhaps schools aren't doing, colleges, support there. Yeah, I definitely think we do. We're absolutely inundated at Streetwise. Mm. We have waiting lists of 80 young people uh, for our counselling services. The statutory services have longer waiting lists than Streetwise. I think the schools do a great job in identifying young people at risk, but they also don't identify those young Mm. people that are maybe quieter, maybe don't come forward, that maybe do give just, you know, reasonable excuses that they don't question. (coughs) And it's every young person across all sort of like, you know, the board will have a concern that impacts on them. And and I think a lot of schools don't know where to mm. go with this, but actually just sitting and having a conversation. I mean, there's a, um, uh, uh, I think there's a, a new, uh, on the 10th of September, there's World Suicide Prevention Day. Mm. Okay. And you care share are doing a, a campaign that's called Inside Out. So on that day, you turn in all your clothes inside out. <laughs> so right. basically oh, yeah, what year, they're yeah. saying is what presents on the outside is not normally what's going on on the inside. Yeah. So basically like laundry day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And we're going to do it. And it's quite a challenge that it's about saying that if you don't feel okay, talk to somebody. No, no. Yeah. That's a re- I think that's a really um, relevant thing. I-, I wanted to make the point of, just because it reminded me of this, because I've made this point before about suicide in terms of my... Because th- there was a point you made in there which I think was was so relevant, especially for young people, because I guess that's what I'm focusing on mainly, is um, when I had a situation where when I was feeling suicidal for like the first time, I guess, when I was a young teenager, because my parents were divorcing and it was like a really, really difficult time. Mm-hmm. And I felt like sort of the 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 person like stuck in the middle and they were very much angry at each other. And it was all like, you tell your dad this and you tell your mom that. Yeah. And I felt very like, pa- like powerless to the situation. Yeah. And as someone who, um, you know, I'm quite introverted, which is sort of like, which people mistake, um, because I talk a lot, so everyone goes, oh, he's very extroverted, but I'm actually very introverted when, when behind closed doors. Um, but the problem I'm getting at is, extroverted in public can lead to whenever you turn, uh, my two telltale sign was I became like a social outcast, and mm. that I couldn't handle being around people, um, and my point I'm getting at, I think the context is important to what my point I'm making, is that when I felt to the point of when my depression in particular, I was I was crying in lessons, um, and I was really struggling to maintain it. And so my point is that I, I feel that's changed, and I wanted to get your opinion about it, was that my solution was, I remember it, this very vividly, and this is like 15 years ago, um, was I walked out of a lesson, excused myself because I couldn't handle what I, my emotions and I kind of had two choices, and my thought was either I just like don't deal with it, which is what I was doing the whole time, but I felt like the don't deal with it was a suicidal thing, or I tell somebody. Mm. Unfortunately, I had enough confidence in my form tutor, who had a very good rapport with all of my friends, and I went and told her. And I don't know to this day why I decided to do that, but I trusted her enough to tell her. 
Um, and so I'm wondering, like, as uh, I'm wondering, like, because schools obviously play an important part in a person's development and whatnot. And I find because of all the the the, the media outlet stuff about, you know, I guess you know, paedophiles and and mm-hmm. and stuff of that nature, the teachers get a bad rap, and they it's very very difficult for them to have a a, a respectable rapport with a child. And so I'm wondering, like, from your perspective and experience, is that something you think has changed since, like, I? the example i just gave to now um and is that difficult i think it can be difficult for teachers yes but i think i would say in our experience um teachers and people in the education are much more aware of mental health and mental health issues amongst young people and they don't just treat the behavior as antisocial behavior or attention seeking Mm -hmm. Uh, we get the sense that teachers are looking behind the behavior checking Mm -hmm. it out whether it's to do with poverty whether it's to do with relationships at home whether it's to do with peer group pressure, cyberbullying, internet use, I get a sense that teachers are much more aware of it now. I think I get a sense of frustration with teachers on what to do about it once yeah. they pick it up. Mm-hmm. And I also feel we've let, we let the teachers down in terms of where to signpost young people to if it becomes yeah. something quite... I was thinking that as you were still hoping, yeah. So yeah. I, I get the sense that teachers and education are definitely picking it up yes. because your mental health impacts on your, your achievements and your academic achievements. Yeah. And if that if that's not supported and nurtured or picked up, then the impact is on academic achievement yeah. in school. So the two should be hand in hand. Teachers are on the front line because we hear more about, you know, poverty and abuse at home and it, teachers are there to look for the signs whether mm-hmm. you know, we hear some extreme cases where you'd see kids rummaging through bins oh, and obviously yeah. you know there's an issue there at home. Yeah. Um I, I was I, my story is quite similar to Stephen's. I'm, I'm going back over twenty years when I was back. <laughs> Showing my age, but um, uh, there was no sort of because when my PTSD was manifesting back then, I, there was no one there to turn to. And actually, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember because I remember the early Streetwise leaflets. It was like a little green sort God, of yeah, A5 yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and I do remember looking at it, thinking, mm-hmm. "Should I ring?" Because I had nobody else to talk to back yeah. then. So you guys have been around for a good we, while. We've been around 25 years. It's mm. our 25th wow. anniversary uh, this last sort of like 12 months. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, we're having a big party uh, in the in, um Yeah, tell us more about it because you mentioned it So we're having, it's called Summer Blast in the Past. It's mm. at Wyland Brewery. We're inviting young people. Oh, I love Wyland Brewery. It's cold place. <laughs> Sorry. We're inviting young Wild people to come and take part in a celebration, which in these days is quite hard because everything seems doom and gloom. But yeah. it's like street food. There's like oh, bands. Awesome. rappers singing there's like a whole is this part of your outreach it is part of, of our outreach but yeah. it's also to, to celebrate that young people are resilient they do get mm-hmm. through some tough times they've helped us over the years with Streetwise the hardest part Ooh. for young people is to make that phone call or mm. text or mm. Facebook us. When is that? When is that? It's the 30th of August. Oh, he's writing it down. Yeah. I'm, right, I'm actually, je- this is like I one of the few. Th- this, well, I was just <laughs> about to say, we need to, we, we, one of the things we used to do in the old shows, we used to come and d- like interview people there. So yeah. are you the main organisers? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, so it's our, it's our Would it be possible gig? for us to come down? Absolutely. We'd love it. Um, because. It's a date. Okay. Because yeah. not only that, that sounds awesome. I generally would like to see it. Yeah. And but, then um, we could potentially interview yourself or someone else Absolutely. who organise it or something. Some of the inspirational young people, you know, there's 25 inspirational young people's awards, and, That's and great. they're Sounds literally really uh, for young people that have done something just different in the community, not something where they've had to do hundreds of thousands mm. of hours, or they may have helped somebody out, they may have helped somebody who's suicidal mm. or has is dealing with anxiety, but. Mm. From what you're saying, and the hardest part, I think, for young people is to ask for that help. Seek yeah. the person out, and if they've tried a couple of people, try somebody who they genuinely think mm. is going to listen. And Streetwise, we listen. 
I generally believe in the most important thing of this whole thing because I think that set that set me back personally quite a long time, and I've heard other people through this and and going to like sort of you know uh, outreach stuff and whatnot. I think the number one thing that I find is that you, you've just touched on it brilliantly is that what happens when they first reveal they've got a problem. I think if that is a positive experience, then you can start the process Absolutely. of them getting okay with it, yeah. um, because you can get them to understand that like them feelings retrospectively are quite normal uh, mm-hmm. for want of a better phrase but because you know, we kind of ban the word noble on this show because i don't really think there's such a thing um there isn't but, um you know there isn't it <laughs> although different. um we did have a researcher on who said normal in a research sense is an actual thing and um, there is such a thing as having a normal it's a core average uh, yes yeah. a core average yeah. but um it doesn't i think, I, I think has it, their own vision normal. yeah but yeah. yeah well that's essentially why it's meaningless and i guess in a social environment is mm-hmm. that it, it i don't think it really has any purpose mm-hmm. um it's also why i detest the word Tent, because yeah. <laughs> it's like you know because uh, to me it's like sort of like the word meh yeah. I, I hate when people say the word meh yeah. it's like what do you mean like wh- wh- whatever <laughs> whatever whatever it's whatever dismissive. i'm like no i don't care if you go i hate it or whatever like just have an opinion the worst way to end an argument yeah. like, whatever. Uh, but, but it's it, it's not resolving anything I if someone just goes it's meh a, it's a power imbalance yeah. if somebody says whatever at the yes. end of a, an argument a conversation yeah. it's a dismissive whatever yes, exactly. so it's a power balance yes so that's why it drives me crazy but yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, there you go um so yeah so, sorry just to just to make sure that I'm 100% correct so obviously for the benefit of people listening is this um, sort of celebration during on the 30th can anyone go? Uh, what you do is you ring up and you book in so the first 100 and I think 50 young people that turn up get like a, a band for their street food and their mm. uh, free drinks that's cool um, it's like and all the activities are there available for young people to just come and use that's really um, fun Afterwards, it's a party for adults. I was just about so to say, if there's no ale at a while in brewery, I'd be very upset. Beverages for the young people, <laughs> yes. unfortunately. But afterwards, after half seven, we have VIP guests come in. That's and really these fun. Are people who've supported Streetwise in the past, ex service uh, so users, all over patrons, yeah. funders, trustees. That sounds, that sounds um, right up our street. And then the brewery's going to open <laughs> up the bar. So. I didn't mean. I didn't actually mean that to be a pun. No. <laughs> but, and <laughs> we're going to continue with the magician and the candy floss. <laughs> For the adults that have supported Chandler. That's so much fun. Yeah? Now yeah. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a photo booth. You know, because you sh- for a charity, you've yeah. got to, to get to 25 years, that's a lot of support from yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we owe it to those people. But yeah, because yeah. I'm assuming, like, you know, you don't need to answer this if this is a. Uh, Thingy, but I mean, how are you funded? Is it all done through Everything's grants? myself. Well, all right. I have to fundraise £450,000 plus a year to wow. keep all the counselling services wow. going, all the street workers, the sort of like the advice workers. This is why, like, workers. you know, FM licences aren't cheap, and we always like, you know, we don't even want to dare ask how much it costs per year to keep this running. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be <laughs> very honest with yeah. you, we, we are struggling. Like, yeah, yeah. every charity, we're, 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 we're yeah. sort of like pretty much, you know, I've been a fundraiser for 30 odd years. We've just launched a business business hour where our community business uh, leaders should really be supporting local charities we feel yeah, yeah. support local young people I agree because these young people are part of their environment they're, they're mm-hmm. son, you know, sons and daughters of their employees mm-hmm. they could be future employees but mm-hmm. actually when bigger <sighs> companies support like Bernardo's and yeah. you know NCH all the great charities that they are they forget the local charities yeah yeah I was just about to say that yeah, yeah I, I couldn't agree with so, you more I also think as well like you know it it annoys me, I guess, but I guess it's like I guess the the I guess it's maybe a question of morality for some of these companies is that when they get all of their like 
you know advertising or support they support just other companies and they don't like sort of do any charitable stuff and it's like you know considering you know not not that i don't want to get into trouble so i'll not name them but you know when they're avoiding tax um, you start going "Mm, maybe if we just there's a lot of people a lot of young people are in these companies giving you know providing profit yes exactly and actually they might be suicidal so for the sake of 45 pounds an hour that Mm. would save a life in terms of a suicidal young person so we're saying businesses put your hands in your pocket for mm-hmm. local charities yes not just streetwise for like mm-hmm. ymca all the charities mm-hmm. that do amazing work in the northeast i know ricky's preached this on the show before is um just got a very good point um the just think if we actually paid attention to um i remember Stephen fry made the exact same point was that um if we paid attention to mental health as a, a thing that to be treated seriously by giving the help they need to cope with their mental health they will work more and it would benefit the whole economy and the whole company in itself yeah. by ignoring it you're actually you know even if you don't care about it you should care about it in the terms of how much productivity the person when has you escalate it yeah what happens Stephen? Yes. if you can support a young person under the age of 18 and laurel hopefully support this with their mental health and help them get back on track yes there's less likelihood of that manifesting as a mental health issue in adult life so you're saving on lots of different like work hours productivity support and it's you know a suicide is estimated to cost a million pounds so once somebody has actually committed suicide everything to do with lost work all the emergency services, the like inquest, yeah. it's it's pitched and uh, citizens' advice has suggested this. It's a thousand, it's a million pounds for every suicide wow. caused. And that's now not think even about prevention. Yeah, and that's not even yeah, yeah yeah exactly compare it to how much it costs to stop the person doing it. Yeah, yeah that's a very good point. Yeah. But also that's not even I guess taking into account the impact it would have on the people that know them and no emotional you know, impact. Yeah yeah. You can't put a price yes. on that, can you? Yeah, you but know? I meant like even like you know potentially like you know if it was the parents who would miss work because of the grief yeah. or yeah. you know it has that's just that's just based on that one individual yeah. but the knock-on effect is Absolutely. terrifying mm-hmm. um that's a really really fantastic that's a very powerful point um um i just i i just find it sort of um uh, yeah <laughs> it, 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 you reach a point we just i reach the point the level in the show sometimes when we talk about things i just i'd get frustrated but yeah let's hope um that people some companies listening like um support this charity support, and support us for the fact that we actually tell yeah, people about it <laughs> and i think one of the things that's in the news at the minute is all child sexual exploitation i yes. mean mm-hmm. places like streetwise and ymca and like yeah. uh, children northeast there's yeah. loads of charities on the doorstep that do an amazing job to support young people that have been victims of you know sort of like abuse coercion but we equally we've got a party city here that we really love yeah it's about keeping young people safe being vigilant as like bystanders there's a lot of education around bystander support mm-hmm. if you feel something doesn't feel right just intervene you know ask a I question i just feel that neglect it's it's all our problem it's, it's society's it's everybody's, problem yeah. you know and, and I, yeah, yeah i get frustrated as well yeah. i mean we're on our detached night we, we're seeing 70 odd young people in the parks going yeah. back to your park, park yeah. um, and they're all like really keen interested mm. creative young people mm. that just need someone to talk to them somewhere to go something to have a little bit banter with and we're losing all our our youth services mm. and all our tier of support and that's where our teachers are really support need to be in that front line because they're the probably the i imagine you feel very rewarded when you see the potential 
each of these sort of young individuals can create just never had the opportunity to do so before absolutely yeah. you've got a young guy called Kemma Kay who was in an, mm. I Daniel Blake he's, oh, he was the neighbour yeah. he was a streetwise young person he's one of our oh, champions oh. he was picked up at 14 and Fred Sardua our manager was a youth worker at the time took him under his wing helped him with like advice support got him on the right track now mm. he's an excellent rapper wow. he's been on like Sort of like the we had the West the End Food Bank on the last show who featured heavily in that film as well. Yeah, that film raised a lot of issues. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I We've still get that people that say, "Oh, I Daniel Blake's not realistic." It's absolutely yeah, it on the is, money. Yeah. You know, it is mm. realistic. It's mm. happening every day. So you've got someone like Kemma Kay that's going to be mm. international now. You know, he's a really good local young person that maybe would never have got on that it's track. A great feel-good yeah, story. So yeah. It is, mm. and it, it does make you feel good that mm. whatever little we can do, it helps a young person achieve their potential. And I'll just take my hat off to someone like mm. Kemma. He's a real mm. star. Yeah, because I think um, the key to this, and I think it's where the discriminatory aspect comes in, is that I just think... Because as soon as you say the word mental health, as in someone has it or you have it yourself, mm. um, it's way different to a, like a physical ailment and uh, that people go, they can deal with a broken leg or I mentioned at the top of the show that my friend died of cancer and I remember I got criticised because I wrote a blog about this saying that the argument I was making is that cancer has become a thing, or at least in my experience, where it's all you kind of teach young people what cancer the word means and the effect and the effect it has mm. and my argument was when you say the word mental health it gets chucked away and not talked about and you know I, I, it was when we were talking about the school stuff we preach on this show all the time and i'm sure ricky will agree with me because we've talked about this even privately um it should be on par with sex education absolutely it's why because sex education is a, you know sex is a physical act yeah and mental health and you can have emotional you know sex is an emotional endeavor as well mm. um and so the idea of not being aware of the mental aspects of of that just on that sense but obviously just in a general sense of you know you're learning who you are as a person and your brain's developing Absolutely. you know I, I i don't understand why it's not treated the same way it should be parity um, of esteem which yeah. is what our local commissioners are saying that mental health and physical health should be on a, the same sort of like level yeah. and if you think that you know we're all emotional beings yeah and everything impacts us on certain times of our lives whether we've lost somebody or whether we feel anxious it is about self-care how we how we value ourselves how we respect ourselves but also how we respect others one of the things that we're really concerned about streetwise is that we're not respecting each other as much as we should do. We're not yeah, respecting yeah. everybody across the, our genders, our I communities. And actually, if you have some self-care taught in school yep. around your mental health as well yep. as your physical health, which we do, yeah. then we should actually have a balance of, of being able to deal with the things that come in our lives, you know, mm. and things that we're not really sure about. Because I also find as well, it reinforces, like, if you say, like, the point I was getting at was, if you say that you have a mental health issue, there's too many people who responded by going, I can't deal with that. Yeah. Can't deal with that. Like, not with that, not even, like, trying to do anything about it. It's like, it's like you're saying, you know, I don't know, I'm going to kidnap your child or something. It has the same sort of uh, impact. And, um, you know, it's remarkable how, and it's, that's obviously very very damaging to the person who's revealing something of that nature and i would just say my biggest criticism of services and i guess that in a sense that's what you are and um, providing a service to people who are vulnerable um is my criticism of i guess the sort of mainstream nhs type stuff is that 
it always has to wait until it becomes a long-term problem um so short term becomes long term um and their argument is like you know well we're dealing with it as a long-term thing but it's always short-term solutions um so they wait for it to get long they have short-term solutions to make it become short-term again but they're not teaching them the actual like you know foundations of care that they need to actually deal with it on a regular basis it's just like we're dealing with it here and now yeah. um, and that's not enough for someone who if you've got something as well that's like a genetic thing that you're not going to really ever get fixed mm-hmm. there's another thing as well as i remember when i was in hospital loads of people say you're going to get fixed like that's no such thing <laughs> it's about um, coping isn't it yeah. i mean we, we did something last year called therapy bites uh, and a lot of statutory services are frankly using social media in a positive way. So yes. we actually had young Some people research good. loads of self-help apps. Cool. And we actually, the young people really dissed loads of them that were like, they were like glossy, they were shiny, but they didn't actually help them. Yeah, yeah. So we, we looked at sort of like all the self-help apps on, on social media and yeah. we actually promote 12 really good self-help apps. Cool. And that's about helping young people to help themselves and get rid of the stigma, get rid of the sort of like yeah. the crisis where people go, oh, it's a mental health issue, I can't deal with it. We all got mental health issues. We can all deal with can it. Can I raise a quick point? Yeah, yeah if you just, I said we've got about a minute, so a quick yeah. question. If you've about got social media, has that, because it's a very a new thing, a modern trend, has that affected the way kids are? I'm talking things like, you know, online bullying or maybe Absolutely. things like body image. Ricky, everything. Social media is having a massive impact on young people. What they say is, you know, you talk about fake news. This is fake lives. What they're seeing is presented is like the (laughs) ideal, the norm, what you're saying before. I say this all the time. It is not real. And what they're seeing in terms of pornography, everything they feel is like what they should be rising to and and adhering to. It's not real. And the question themselves. Like, you know, things like Celebrity Love Island and this sort of body image issue. And I know that's having a huge impact. Massive. Everything to but do with... do you with think social media has become a good thing in the end? We, we, we yeah. work with social media all the time. Streetwise, we're not afraid of social media. That's young people's platform. Mm. That's where you have to get involved yeah. with. And you can't avoid actually, it, can you? You can't avoid it. And if you're, as an adult, if you're avoiding it in a profession, mm. you're not working you're not, with young people effectively. Definitely not. Great summary. Um, just because I don't, I've obviously got a minute left and we need to play ads, um, is just I wanted to let people know. So for more information, how can people find you? Uh, you can go on our website, which is streetwisenorth.org.uk. You can self-refer there. It's The website was designed by young people, or you can ring us on 2305533. Quite a good website. Actually. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, just say the number again, just so people know. Two three zero five five three three five five three three. I might mention that again later in the show. Um, thank you so much. This has been great. Um, do we have right, a? Can, can we officially you. say for the benefit? Do we have a date for the thirtieth? Can we come to that? You've personally invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we never get out of the studio. <laughs> well, I'm just going for the candy Yeah, yeah. You're going for the eel, aren't yeah. you? Oh yeah, I'm a very ill person. So when you said Wylam, I love Wylam stuff. So there you go. A uh, huge thank you, uh, Mandy, for coming in, and thank you so much for talking to us. I really appreciate it, and good luck with everything. Thank you. Uh, awesome right uh, we need to play some ads and then we're going to do mental health news which I thought because Hannah's been patiently waiting we maybe should include her uh, in mental health news would make sense um, because we do usually do it as a three so you might as well join me um, okay cool so who's thank you to Mandy obviously as we said for information please do go on streetwise.north.org not .org did you say was the website yeah .org um, obviously for more information about that and uh, thank you so much to Mandy we're going to play some ads right now um, obviously and then we're going to play the proclaimers because I saw it on the database and got excited and then we'll be back on Mentally Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM 
That's, that's... Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM. 98.8 FM. ਉਹ ਪਠਾਓ ਮੁੰਡਿਆ ਫੜ ਕੇ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਤੇ ਚੱਕਰ ਹੀ ਨਹੀਂ ਹਰਦੇ ਕੀ ਹੋਇਆ ਚਾਚਾ ਉਹ ਜੱਸੀ ਤੇ ਕ੍ਰਿਸ ਕੋਲੋਂ ਮੈਂ ਕਾਰ ਖਰੀਦੀ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੇ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਕਿਹਾ ਚਾਚਾ ਤੇ ਅਸੀਂ ਹੁਣ ਤੈਨੂੰ ਪੂਰੇ ਨਾਰਥ ਈਸਟ ਦੀ ਹੈਲੀਕਾਪਟਰ ਦੀ ਸੈਰ ਕਰਾਵਾਂਗੇ ਫਰੀ ਅੱਛਾ ਚਾਚਾ ਓਏ ਆਹੋ ਆ ਜਾ ਤੈਨੂੰ ਵੀ ਲੈ ਕੇ ਚੱਲਾਂ ਮੈਂ ਜੱਸੀ ਤੇ ਕ੍ਰਿਸ ਕੋ ਜੇ ਤੂੰ ਹੈਲੀਕਾਪਟਰ ਦੀ ਸੈਰ ਕਰਨੀ ਹੈ ਤਾਂ ਪਤਾ ਕਿੱਦਾਂ ਚੱਲਦਾ ਫਟ 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 ਬਾਈ ਐਨੀ ਕਾਰ ਫਰਮ ਵੀ ਬਾਈ ਕਾਰ ਫਰ ਮੋਰ ਦਿਸ ਮੰਥ ਐਂਡ ਗੈਟ ਅ ਫ੍ਰੀ ਹੈਲੀਕਾਪਟਰ ਰਾਈਡ ਅਰਾਉਂਡ ਦ ਨਾਰਥ ਈਸਟ ਕਾਲ ਜੱਸੀ ਓਰ ਕ੍ਰਿਸ ਔਨ 0797946623 ਓਪ ਇਨ ਟੂ ਅਰ ਸਕੋਟਸ ਰੋਡ ਸ਼ੋਰੂਮ Asianweddingpackage.com brings you the 5k wedding a complete wedding package for an unbelievable 5000 pounds venue staff properly cutlery and glassware catering by renowned caterers soft drinks chair covers table centers wedding stage dj and doll drummer or photographer also included is full organization and management by our expert events team so you don't have the hassle come as a guest leave as a guest the 5k wedding a full asian wedding package for an unbelievable 5000 pounds this is a very very special limited offer and subject to availability call now on 0191603063 or log on at asianweddingpackage.com or search us out on facebook asian wedding package it's red hot radio Spice FM 98.8 FM When I wake up well I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you When I go out yeah I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you If I get drunk Well I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you And if I heaver Yeah I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who's heavering to you But I would walk five hundred miles And I would walk five hundred more To be the man who walks a thousand miles To fall down at your door But I'm watching Yes I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who's working hard for you And the money comes in for the work I do I'll pass almost every penny on to you When I come home, I come home. Oh, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who comes back home to you And if I go, well I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who's going over you I'm lonely 
Hello everybody, welcome back to Spice FM and Mentally Sound right here on 98.8 FM. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to us this good afternoon on Friday the 11th of August. Um, as I mentioned in the show previously, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at www.spicefm.co.uk or you can text us at 80039 and text the word SPICE. Um, also you can email us at studio at spicefm.co.uk and I'm Stephen who hosts the show and you can find me on Twitter at at geek underscore apocalypse just name my podcast and good Mr. Ricky is at vivid Ricky and he's much more active than I am <laughs> and, uh, all my sins yes exactly so if you want to see his um, political rants <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you can do so um, okay and obviously that was the Bahamas which um, had a new lease of life um, if anyone gets the reference, because it was kind of using an episode of How I Met Your Mother, which is why I watched that recently. And um, it, still the proclaimers I've um, I've, I've, I've not. Twice, yeah. um, but I know that like I can't quite remember why they got sort of semi popular again. But they were on Graham Norton with David Tennant a long, long they, time ago. What, what was, was it for? Was it like a? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. watch Graham Norton. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the Live Aid concert yeah. in Edinburgh. It was that might have been why. Yeah. The original one. Live Aid, they had status quo kicking things off. Yes. And it just seemed apt to have another double act so kick off the Fair 20th. Enough. And yeah, <laughs> the, place, the place was rocking. Yeah, it probably was something to do with that because a lot of bands kind of got new exposure when the Live Aid thing happened. I guess that's the benefit of them. Bands who like hadn't done anything for a while but had classic hits 30 years ago. Um, or whatever the reclaimers were, but anyway. Um, anywho, so as we mentioned, we have uh, a very like um, a very patient guest in Hannah who, um, because actually a third guest we weren't sure was going to be here is actually waiting patiently. He's going to be in the, the last half hour of the show. Um, so which is really beneficial that I said to Hannah, you should do mental health news with us because we now need a crowbar in here doing this half hour um so hannah welcome to the show thank you very much awesome um so obviously yeah we had um i know you're doing uh, an interview with ricky about anxiety which i mentioned earlier uh, after the show um but also yeah because of phd stuff so i guess before we get into mental health news do you want to explain what that is yeah um i'm currently doing my phd in 
in men's mental health. So I am a gender theorist. I've come a, come in from that side. I'm a medical sociologist. Okay. Um, and I look at the ways in which, you know, what we say is masculine or manly may affect that. how men actually experience, yeah. understand, and then manage their mental disorders. Ooh, I so, agree with that completely, if I yeah, understand it correctly. Yeah. And I um, specialise in anxiety disorders at the moment, but my PhD project itself kind of traces anxiety from the low level I'm nervous about taking my driving test to the chronic yeah I cannot leave my house yes so but it's focusing on men mm-hmm. and just tracing that and seeing the ways in which men deal with their emotions and things like that um, and looking at the ways in which we may be able to raise um, awareness but also maybe put in some actually targeted mm-hmm. uh, management programs mm-hmm. specifically for men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that actually just take a little bit of the pressure off um, mm. and understand the ways in which that may be mediated by. There's a personal backstory to this, isn't there, <laughs> that we both have in common? Yeah, there is, right? and it is actually relevant for today's. Yeah. My father actually passed away from prostate cancer oh, right. up to five years ago. I um, noticed, like, you were kind of nodding and, and yeah. you were kind of... It, knowingly response yeah yeah um so i'm sorry if i brought back any uh, no not at all (laughs) i mean i did one of my masters um and i actually researched prostate cancer for that and i used that to really process my grief um from it and kind of understand more about the illness that took my dad's life Mm -hmm. and then obviously looking throughout his illness the 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 role that mental health played in that yeah you know it, it will impact lots of cancer mm. sufferers and survivors have these kind of mental health needs that aren't necessarily understood that well yeah and then you know seeing my father struggle with the i like the depression side of a cancer diagnosis he had in quotes a reason to be depressed yeah and that made me think well what happens to those who have no reason yeah because that is something that makes it harder you have everything in life that you're supposed to have but you still cannot get out of bed and that doesn't make it any less real but it does make it harder because it makes the understanding of it a lot harder for other people yeah well because you put that really well yeah. yeah yeah because essentially it's um what what are people who don't have it say is they kind of go to this phrase of that it's a battle of willpower and so the but but really um i said this before um uh, that it's sort of because i have i know that i have like an addictive personality i've let i've understood this over time and through you know thousands of therapy sessions and various other things and because it's this is why i'm a huge advocate for therapy because um it sort of lets you be aware of what what you have that you need to work on and, and all this kind of thing and and part of the addictive personality is, I guess, if someone has an addiction, I know that people we've had on here who have addictions, fortunately, I'm, I haven't had anything long-term addicting or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, really, if you ever talk to a recovering addict, as they say, that you have to have something that means more than the the thing that motivates you to take it and the first, take whatever it is you're addicted to in the yeah. first place. And so the mental health has a similar a similar sense in that, or at least it does help maybe. It's not the 100% reason, but my point is, this is why I get very frustrated when people say support doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's all about you and it's all about you have to do it for yeah. yourself. And I'm like, that's so totally 
against how depression makes you feel is that depression makes it's you feel worthless. It's dangerous, actually, um, to, yeah. to have that idea going around of it's a defect. Yeah. The way we talk about mental health is so important yeah. and it's so neglected. The yeah. terms that we use yeah. <laughs> are... Almost inhumane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it makes, you know, those who suffer with mental illnesses or mental health problems, it makes them think that they have this defect, that they're lesser, and that it couldn't be further from the truth, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the, the ways in which we talk about, you know, how people manage their mental illnesses also matter, mm-hmm. you know, because it is up to you how you manage your own disorder or your own illness or your own well-being, mm-hmm. really. But we do need to be careful about the ways in which we push people into certain yeah. categories and certain approaches to dealing with mental it's health. It's very easy to pigeonhole and then yeah. kind of forget everything. But with regards to anxiety, mm. I know that from our communications that you said that that was almost a gap that wasn't filled because mm. things like depression was, was largely yeah. talked about and largely researched. But the specific anxiety the issue there, which you saw wasn't being... Yeah, I mean, I come in from the field of critical studies of men and masculinities, which is a... a <laughs> Why does she look at me when she says... <laughs> I don't know where to look, I'm sorry, I'm staring yeah. at the clock. I look at men and how critical I can be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like um, and it's a subset of... Um, it's a ginger comment, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> you can't use the ginger card on me. Um, it's a subset of um, feminist theory, so... Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a feminist comment. Yeah. I know. How long did it take me? How long did it take me? I know, me? yeah. Someone time yeah. that. Here, com- um, here comes the preaching. <laughs> and it looks... Um, We're, of course, joking. For those who can't take a joke, we're obviously kidding. Don't um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Before, because I was um, headhunted for the scholarship I'm on, which sounds incredibly yeah. self-important. But um, <laughs> I was um, recruited for one particular project that then fell through, and they basically turned around to me and said, come up with a project. Wow. You've got a week <laughs> before you've got your confirmation of registration, which is what you go through when you do yeah, it. And yeah. I just thought... And so I myself have had social anxiety and panic disorder, well, panic attacks yes. um, throughout my life. So anxiety has played a role for me as well, personally. Mm-hmm. But then obviously I, I have done men's health since I started academia anyway. Um, and I was looking at all the statistics for suicide, as we were mentioning earlier, and men mm-hmm. dominate. Yeah, and yeah. I mean they dominate yeah. three to four mm-hmm. times more likely than women to kill yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just with young people that is prevalent, it's middle-aged people. Mm. And really, we see suicide on at least the top three causes of death for men aged something like 18 to 60 when heart disease and other problems take in. And I think, you know, it's very easy to move on from that statistic quite quickly, but actually, sometimes you need to let that sink in. Yeah, Men are choosing to end their lives permanently yeah yeah and that is heartbreaking and what like what really shook us up and i guess we need to get a mental health news so we'll come back to this Mm. but um i think what shook us up uh, because we worked this out in terms of an average like per month or something and it was a shockingly high number at least it felt like that to us because we had someone someone this is where it would be nice to have a researcher in the corner (laughs) to go what did i say um or what was the statistic but someone read out a couple of shows ago one of our guests said that they actually had a number for how many people had committed Something suicide like in one year. It, 
uh, in the northeast yeah. or something. It was particularly I, in the northeast, and then if you averaged it out, it was like a hundred people. Yeah, yeah, and we that came out, and we worked out wasn't it something as alarming as like a hundred people a month or something ridiculous? So I, I can't quite like remember. Ten in every hundred thousand people kill yes. themselves, and but that's in terms of really yeah, <laughs> which considering how many people are here, if that was just an average thing, that's and that's easily just over a hundred. Successfully doing it, and I know it sounds crass to say successfully yes. kill yourself, but that is the truth. Those are the ones who actually die from it. Yeah. How many others attempt? Yeah, because it's more likely that if a person's attempting, they're going to do it more than once as well. So. But it's also yeah. about the low-level attempts. It's also about yeah, yeah. You know, everything else that goes into it. There are statistics. The desire, yeah, just the genuine desire, yeah. And then, so when I was coming up with my project, I was looking at, it and everyone was focusing on depression. Mm. But anxiety is part of the most commonly diagnosed mental health problem in the UK. It's depression and anxiety. That's number one. And then anxiety disorders form the second most commonly diagnosed. Yes. But women are three to four times more likely to be diagnosed with those. But men are killing themselves more. Yeah. So what's going on? I mean, the the obvious educational guess i would do is it's maybe something to do with the the emotion the emotion yeah well yes but i would just say maybe it's the other point of the sort of stereotype of that men you know maybe don't talk about feelings Mm -hmm. or they don't feel they're allowed to or i know because i i mean we'll go back to your studying because you said about the masculinity and everything else and that because i I, if i understood it correctly i think we can dive into that Mm because i think i know exactly the stereotype you're referring to and but we must get to mental health news we do it every day so we'll do 10 minutes on that and then we'll talk to you again um so mental health news we should have a jingle we'll we'll, we'll come up with a jingle at some point but mental health news (laughs) with ricky (laughs) (laughs) well that wasn't that's not my rule yeah yeah with ricky with ricky used to be steve (laughs) (laughs) minus steve for one week Uh, (laughs) anyway so so basically because hannah's here and for the benefit of the audience if you've listened for the first time mental health news is where we'll 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 fire at some quick headlines of what's happened because we're a monthly show and we'll basically just make some quick reference quick opinions about whatever headlines come up and because steve who usually here does it ricky's doing it this week and so we have a special person in hannah who's just going to be the third person for this so feel free to crowbar anything you yes so um um yeah, so uh, the, this week, uh, the singer Sinead O'Connor, she uh, released oh. a, a very candid Facebook video. Now, she has been known to have mental health issues before. Yeah. I think she's been out the limelight for a bit, and many people have speculated reason behind this. And she did come out with this video, and she expressed that she had suicidal feelings for the last couple of years. Wow. She said that she's experienced loneliness because I, there was a personal thing going on. She lost custody of her teenage son. She's now currently uh, uh, living in a travel lodge in New Jersey, I think it is. Wow. Um, but she, I think many people are not only expressing support for her, but are expressing um, a sort of a thanks for being candid and talking about it openly. And look, this is, this is my personal struggle. And we've touched on... Uh, Chris Cornell, because you know, music mm-hmm. sadly has lost a lot of talent uh, through suicide. And yeah, and it's crazy that. And yeah, who yeah. apparently got depressed about the fact that Chris, Chris Cornell, Cornell had. Yeah. yeah. It was it on his birthday? Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, and he was a good. Fr- he actually went. He did a eulogy at his funeral. Mm-hmm. So, like at Chris Cornell's funeral. So that was obviously a bit hard to take. Um, I would say, in terms of Sinead O'Connor, though, um, she's the Irish singer, isn't she, if I got the name right? Because uh, um, she has got some notoriety fairly recently. Cause just because I happened to have watched a fight was the UFC the the fighting thing with Conor McGregor who's obviously got a lot of news recently because he's fighting Floyd Mayweather, um and I'm just mentioning this because it's a new Conor reference is 
they did a trial run for a while. I don't know whether they're going to continue to do it, but they did live bands to introduce the fighters, kind of like what boxing do. Yeah, because it was a really big deal that he was fighting a particular person. And so because he was Irish, she asked Sinead O'Connor to do it, so she actually got like a lot of notoriety because oh, okay. they weren't sure who was gonna who was gonna um walk him on, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um so she did it live and she sounded amazing. Um and honestly like I wasn't even Irish but I had like goosebumps. I was like, Wow, that's like you know, if that doesn't get you uh, pumped up to fight somebody, I don't know what will. You were Irish um, for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well like there was a because obviously there's a lot of Irish roots in America and that's where he was fighting. Mm. So that had a lot of he had a lot of support anyway. So like honestly though, but the crowd were just like way into it. Um so anyway, so I'm saying like she ha it's not as you said, I know she's like not mainstream essentially but she did get some notoriety for that so that she was kind of good m- she was massive at the time yeah yeah. yeah. any thoughts any thoughts or just I I worry sometimes about these videos don't get me wrong I think representation is super super important yes um, and people coming out and talking about it has been detected is really important but again it puts we've been attacked by a virus <laughs> that was what came it up if you heard that I apologise some virus attacked the computer apparently anyway sorry go on it can put people in the place to really be um, exposed to the kind of naysayers about mental health because yes. there are loads yeah yeah um, and I just worry that if someone is still in it mm-hmm. that might be super tough to hit to have your emotions mm-hmm. and your experiences completely invalidated by someone who says well we can't test for it so it's not real yeah I, I, I putting yourself out there yeah, for negativity. We That's a very good point. Social yeah. media, yeah, before, and it is quite a dark place mm-hmm. um, sometimes. And I think it's not that you shouldn't put the video out there. I think actually the platforms in which you put them on should be held to a mm-hmm. higher standard of yes. what they will accept for beha- like trolling. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Oh, that happens a lot. We need I to mean, crack down. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I'm sure there will be some. Some people on that video saying, well, you've got all this money and you've done this and you don't deserve to feel like this. And it's, again, you know... I think because it's also open for debate in the sense of, like, you know, there's never one good... You know, like, I always say this, it's a very trial and error thing in terms of what works for you is compl- can be completely mm. different to the other person. So I always say, like, for argument's sake, if you had a thousand people with bipolar disorder, or a hundred thousand yeah. people, the chance of them, the chance of even one person, of uh, two people having the same exact treatment mm. that works for both of them is not high at all. No, not at um, So it tells you that it's a very much trial and error way of dealing with things. Yeah. And I think because that debate happens, and it, that can be a very healthy debate, but because of the discrimination that's out there, mm is people think a debate is to say that you're completely wrong and you what you feel isn't right or th- mm. and they think they're just that their opinion is justified that's the major problem i find with social media as everyone thinks their very uneducated opinion means something yeah um and it doesn't like yeah. you can have your opinion but you can't you know be in control of your own facts but it's um, also about you know she she's provided a justification which is absolutely her right yes but I feel like sometimes it worries me, you know, we play into the same rhetoric, the same discussions of yes. this is what I have a reason to feel like this. And actually, you don't need a reason to have no, a mental no. illness. It's just a thing. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. something that happens to you yeah. and it's completely rubbish. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, it, 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 Good point. you know, sometimes we reinforce the ideas mm. that we have without realising that we're doing it. And that's not calling someone out for it because you can describe and you know explain your mental illness in the way that you see fit yeah but there does need to be some care taken in how we talk about there is because i think in previous shows when we discuss things like self-harm we know that yeah, that yeah. often be a trigger to vulnerable mm. people out there who 
experience that themselves and it yeah. could, you know. Great point by Paul, yes, that was really, that was really, that was really, the very, he, not he, a genuinely good point, that was a very well worked. the video saying that she was going to keep fighting and staying alive. Good. People, so, yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, someone who's brave enough to do that, even though, again, I guess this is sort of your point, is that I don't necessarily like the word brave in the sense of that it should, like, just in the terms of I'm self-aware enough to realise it would be nice if it was the norm, yeah. and it wouldn't be just something where it's like, exactly. we ha- someone's brave to say that. Anyway, move on to the second one. Cause yes, that was uh, and this fits very nicely to one of the reasons why Hannah's here, because a uh, story a few days ago that one in three men with poor mental health actually blame their work and their workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Mind carried out research uh, that uh, certain industries with uh, you know this macho culture prevents guys sort of speaking about their their mental health and mm. what they're going through. Uh, in a survey which they carried out, said that that compared to forty three percent of women who to to take time off work, and I know Hannah made that comparison with them as well. Forty three percent of women take time off work because of mental health. But compared to only 29% of men. Wow. So I think that tells the story there. Guess considering it's on your field, you go ahead. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you looked deeper into that, you would probably see that those men who are off for mental health have been signed off. They haven't been mm-hmm. willing, they haven't willingly point, taken yeah. that time. Yes. It has got to the crisis point where yes. they have been referred. Uh-huh. Um, and Good that point. is something that we keep on seeing is mm-hmm. that men are continually getting to crisis points. Yep. Mm-hmm. I made that mistake last time it's I was ill. It's interesting, this macho culture, because if I look, for example, at sport, things like, you know, rugby, which is hugely macho, it's often then people with them fields who are doing more of the speaking out, I feel. I don't know, have you noticed that as well? Yeah, yeah I mean, the rugby rugby league or union, I think, I have no actually idea. been doing quite a lot of work yeah. on men's mental health. Yes. They've got some great initiatives mm-hmm. in. But again, it's that same thing of like, oh, look how brave he is. One person out of the yeah. how many people who are actually experiencing it has come forward. Mm-hmm. And it is actually, I think we are still in the phase where it's we need to start conversations we are still just starting conversations mental health is not where it needs to be not by a long shot well the fact that it's headlines that one person in a giant sport says it is kind of reiterating your point really yeah and it's also you know another Robin Williams suicide every time there's a male suicide it's like oh this has to stop and then it dies down it's the same thing with those pray for whatever yeah I get annoyed by that it's you're not sustaining a conversation here and actually yes. it's a conversation it's yeah. a discussion that keeps on needing to be had yes well I think in the Robin Williams situation because I guess as being a comedian and making people laugh and stuff like that mm-hmm. I think the connotation there which I think you're totally right in what you're saying is that they go I find a lot of people and I get frustrated by this when they go oh that was sad something should have been done about it and I'm like going some people don't realize the power that society can have is that if we actually if you actually went well maybe i can do something about it because Mm. i always say to people who don't care about mental health like if you don't care about it individually or don't care about mine then why don't you care about your potential family often, because yeah. one in four people get mental health Quite issues often there's no follow through um, with, with yeah. something like this yeah, it's just like, you yeah know, as you said it's 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 da- like the dying down thing like, hardly it's ever down. I would say it's yeah. under the carpet and then yeah. that's all you hear of it. it's like you're sad next yeah any quick one uh, last one because mm. I know Steve, yeah we usually go for three to do three that's a good thing yeah so on the second of second of a get a dog that's my yeah that's my good thing yeah nationwide there's going to be something called a quiet tower and what this is is that shops are going to have a quiet hour to raise the awareness in autism shopping centers you know into shopping centers or up here that includes the metro center Elden square and there's other main shops chains Clarks Toys R Us they're going to have a quiet hour because 
uh, as part of the National Autistic Society's awareness campaign, they're going to sort of allow autistic people to come in and, you know, shop, mm. you know, at their convenience without having the distractions which, you know, usually autistic people um, struggle. Uh, yeah, struggle with. So, I mean, stats show that 64% of autistic people avoid going shopping because mm. of the noise and distraction and you know I often say that you can't live really I often say to people well I kind of what really helps me and I just very very quick point is the goal system uh, and I, I don't mean goal as in like having a goal I just mean like sort of being aware enough um, and this is through hard work that I'm aware of like when I wake up what I'm capable of doing that day because people make the mistake of I've done this for a long time and I guess it's only really been my 20s when I've sort of figured this out is that if I wake up and I'm unable to get out of bed then my goal can just be that day of getting out of bed. Can be breathing. Um, yeah, and just getting through that day. Um, um, you know, and I end up doing anything extra. Like instead of the negative thing is always wanting to go to be like normal or feel normal, and that like that. It, it unfortunately it's realizing that it's accepting you have it this condition, whatever it may be, mm. and realizing there's limitations to it. And so I've often left shops because I've just had an yeah. anxiety attack. So but it's the fact yeah. that you went to the shop yeah. is important. Yeah, um, it's about celebrating the stuff that you can yes. do, the stuff exactly. that you can push on, and it's also about accepting your experiences as valid mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Because it's you know I I this is my personal soapbox is we are taught from very young ages that your feelings are not as valid as a reasonable response and so we're taught to distinguish between the two mm-hmm. and so that leads us to push things down so a lot of people when they start feeling anxious is oh i can't feel anxious yeah well you do mm-hmm. so how about you stand and you say i feel anxious acknowledge yeah. it acknowledge that feeling Do- doesn't mean you let it have power over you there's, yeah. there, there's very different things i often find when i like the stage I am now in life, it's like my my achievements and goals uh, are so like when they used to be when I was a kid. Things we took for granted. So when yeah. I when I get from home to work in the office, to me I feel like jump jumping and doing cartwheels because that's a major thing yeah. for me. Because often you know in on route somewhere I could easily do it do a hundred and eighty. U turn and mm. just because I can't, I can't do can't it. Can't do it today. Cool. So, so getting to the office to me is like yes. Yeah, but also daily goals. My daily goals fluctuate from make a bowl of cereal. Yeah, yeah. Twenty four yeah. hours to write fifteen thousand words yeah, yeah, yeah. and submit a master's yeah. thesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you know, understanding that each day is different, and that's something. You know, I think we're taught that we always need stability. There's something called stability, apparently. I don't know Consistent, what that is. And consistency. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the term. Um, consistency, which is impossible, really, as a matter yeah, of yeah, and and it's about you know having a deeper understanding of yourself and yeah. w- what you can do and be realistic and be kind to yourself yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's okay if you're not feeling 100, like 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. anyway that wraps things up sorry we've run out of time because we've been taught we've been nattering away um, and obviously got a guest waiting so we need to take a break and we'll be right back um but anything you need to say does are you on the tweets or anything do you need social media i am on the tweets but i um, never use it have a potty mouth so um, <laughs> you're allowed to we do maybe I will not put them you're in good company swear, yeah, exactly. I do do the occasional sweary thing yeah I occasionally um, well, troll Donald Trump as well would you be interested in like oh, I, I do um, would you be interested I do a podcast it's a lot longer yeah you should maybe come on that 100%. that'd be fun 
Because, um, like, I, I, maybe even Ricky can be involved because he sometimes isn't co host with it. So maybe we should do that yeah, at some point. I'd love um, to. Because it's a lot longer, so we can talk for a lot longer. Um, but cool. So, yeah, because I realised we never really got a chance to talk <laughs> that much about your PhD, so maybe that's my compromise. I'll let you come on my yeah, show. Perfect. And then that sort of, that sorts that out. So I'll, I'll give you my information in the break. In the break. Cool. Um, well, thanks, Hannah. Thank thanks you for making all the news. Thanks, Ricky. Obviously, and we'll be right back with our last guest. Uh, but now we're going to play some, uh, some jingles. And I'm going to play Brian Adams with Heaven because I just. That sound, sounded fun. Was it, was it Brian Adams fan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No one's supposed to know that, Ricky. <laughs> anyway, we're right back here on Mentally Sound Radio on Space FM. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM. 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. One of my charity and Shahid Afili Foundation presents an evening with Shahid Afili on Wednesday the 16th of August at 6.30pm at the Lancastrian Suite in Gateshead. Here's a chance to uh, hear a talk by Shahid Afili about his life and supporting career and a performance by Najam Shiraz. Tickets are only £20 for a three-course dinner or £50 for a VIP meet-and-greet and get your photograph taken with the great man himself. Book tickets online at www.eveningwithafridi.com or give cash a ring on 077-8-219-921. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge... Call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Your only Bollywood station in Newcastle. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Just hold me now 
the longest outro in the history of <laughs> music i think it was like oh 20 seconds left it's just like you know what it, it's it this shows the the era that that song brian adams was on because um you know when they used to do the whole fading while the music's still playing like that's like just doesn't happen now does it where you know like this, they're still playing the song and it just fades out as opposed to just the song naturally ends mm-hmm. um but there you go um but yeah so anyway welcome back to mentally sound right here on spice fm 98.8 fm i'm obviously steven with my good friend mr ricky hello oh. Um, and huge thank you to Hannah, who's obviously still hanging around, because we're going to get some pictures at the end. And as I said, she, we just tentatively agreed to be on my podcast, so obviously look out for that when it comes out. Um, but yeah, um, I'm delighted to see it, because we weren't 100% sure what was going to happen uh, with our third guest. But luckily she's here to talk about, obviously, unfortunately, bad things. But um, but maybe we'll crowbar in some fun-timey stuff, too. Um, but Fran, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. No problem at all. Um uh, did you find the place okay, by the yes. way? Was that all good? Could I just ask you to move the mic a bit closer to you, please? That's all right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's much better. Thank you. Um, cool. So um, can you explain to the audience, just because obviously why you're here and like sort of the stuff that you're involved in, just to get us started? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm Fran Heathcote. I'm the elected uh, president of the Public and Commercial Services Union in the Department for Work and Pensions. Yes. So in other words, represent members who work for the DWP and job yes. centres, benefit centres, yes. child maintenance group, etc. So. Exactly, which is, is which is someone who's used them services before is a very important subject to talk about. And um, we were just talking during the break, actually, for the benefit of the audience about how, like, the the obviously she had to talk about the effects and and um, and very much vulnerable people or people with mental health, which is obviously what we talk about is they use them services an awful lot. So obviously important to have you on. Um, so I guess because you uh, well actually I'll I'll throw it to Ricky because you've got questions at all or well. I mean, very good to hear because it was a short notice, wasn't it? Yes. I know that the, tomorrow there's a demonstration uh, regarding the closure of Whitley Bay Job Sorry, Centre. No right. But you just give me the news that round the corner, literally round the corner from here, the West End Job Centre is uh, under threat. So, um, Absolutely. I mean, it's part of a wider government strategy to reduce the number of uh, DDP offices, which on the face of it, what they will claim is about saving the taxpayer money. But the reality is it's about withdrawing vital services from those who most need them. And in this area, the two that they're definitely closing and intend to close by early next year are the West Road Job Centre just down the road from here and Whitley Bay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 72 I think nationwide in total uh, is it north east them too or is there more in the surrounding area those north? are the ones in the north east right, but okay. it, across the country there's 72 job centres mm-hmm. and a number of other back of house offices mm-hmm. so tell us about uh, tomorrow's demonstration uh, ok well um the, the, it was brought about really by the announcement that Whitley Bay Job Centre, not only was it due to close, but that they intended to close it within four weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was announced to the staff about a fortnight ago, maybe just a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. And the staff were very, very angry, not mm-hmm. least because of the impact it would have on the people that they, they, they serve, you know, the, yeah. the people that use our services. And they realised that in the time that was available, the you know, in some respects, they were quite powerless to challenge what was going on. Yeah. So they approached PCS, the, uh, the union that represents them, and asked if they could be balloted to take industrial action. And what's quite heartwarming, I suppose, about the action they're taking is it is very much about trying to defend a service to the public because mm-hmm. the impact of closing Whitley Bay Job Centre will be to force the most vulnerable in society, those that least have 
you know, have least access to um, online services, have often not a lot of money to spend on public transport. It will force those people onto public transport to use the North mm. Shields Job Centre, which on paper is only three miles, but of course it's only three miles if you live in Whitley Bay Job Centre. Nobody lives in Whitley Bay Job Centre, and so the actual true test is the distance from where you, you, you actually live to going to sign on at North Shields. For a number of those people, it will force them onto public transport that will increase their chances of being late for an appointment and as mm. you saw recently in the film I, Daniel Blake that increases the chances of being subject to benefit sanctions mm. in other words the withdrawal of your benefit payments mm-hmm. and I imagine with the cuts, the amount of cuts that's happening, the likelihood of of reimbursing every every claimant who travels from afar it isn't likely really so they won't um, they no. won't be reimbursing claimants yeah. that the what they say is if you have an extraordinary appointment mm-hmm. at north shields job center they will pay for that but for your routine signing um a job center that's not where you live you pay that out of your own pocket and as you know yourself when somebody's on benefit and on a very low income that's not always possible or easy to and do. it becomes a vicious cycle then because the likelihood is from the further far you travel the chances of more being late and then you become sanctioned because of that yeah. and then it, it, it sort of puts vulnerable people in more precarious that's exactly and of course it's all done in the name of austerity it's mm-hmm. about the the thinking that we all we're all in this together we all have to take a hit and of mm-hmm. course the way it's been portrayed is this is just a few job center workers worried about their job well in actual fact those job center workers will have a job yeah. it's the wider impact that has led to the action that's been taken mm-hmm. next week and the demonstration that's taking place tomorrow in Whitley Bay mm-hmm. Steve, do you want to? Sorry, no. Go ahead. Um, have you got any more else to say, or? Just so, I think. Doing well. I'm just look. I'm actually looking at song. I'm looking at songs because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's really hard to find songs. I'm like, oh, and I need to prepare for the song at the end. I'm like, so I mean, uh, so within the DWP well, and job centres in itself, I mean, could you describe what? I mean, job centres in its descriptive term, you think people there are looking for jobs, but it's actually an epicentre for people's welfare. It is, and we prefer the term social security because it really is about providing a safety net for those who most need it. Mm. And our members are very proud of the service that they provide. I mean, it's very easy for job centre workers to have a bad name. We're not seen as the caring public service. We're not seen or portrayed in the same way as nurses Mm -hmm. or or firefighters, for example. But what our members do is support people most in need of that support and what this government's about is trying to withdraw that support from people who most need it because it further stigmatises those in receipt of benefit. Mm -hmm. It's good, like, I think... From our, I get, that was kind of the thing I th- first thought when you when you introduced yourself was that it's I guess it's I guess to look at it in a positive sense is that I think that maybe is the sort of stereotype maybe someone like yourself gets is that yeah. that you're kind of against people who are in that situation whereas it's nice that you're basically saying no we actually do want to help you and surely being part of this is a good indication if you see what I mean. It's very easy for. Uh public sector workers and in particular job centre workers to yes. become divided yes. from the people that they serve but of course that only benefits the government that are making these attacks Exactly. Yeah. what we need is a maximum unity and, and an understanding that the attacks on these services are the same attacks that are withdrawing people's benefits, the same attacks that are making it harder and harder to claim claiming that customers are all digital by default when we know that in fact the people most likely to have access to a computer and be able to access uh, 
DWP services online are people in receipt of benefit and that's why the, the support provided by our members is so important and that is what this government is trying to take away. Yeah, you were mentioning to me, I think it was during the break as well, is that you're essentially saying that the reason that they think they're doing this is the idea of it being all online and you were saying there's ramifications for that if you want to go into that? Yeah, I mean, with the rollout of Universal Credit, which is a lot slower than anybody anticipated but is also the Tories' flagship benefit, so it's not something that's going to go away anytime soon, that will be very much about delivering more of an online service and less face-to-face interaction with people yes and as you know yourselves the people most like most unlikely to have access to a computer and be able to use that to to access the help they need online are people often in receipt of our our services vulnerable people Mm -hmm. people in receipt of not just job seekers allowance but also those that are sick or 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 disabled and, and use our services in that way and of course universal credit is about forcing everybody online into what it will be mm. a much more difficult benefit to access yeah and all through friends um who, who go to such to these places they they kind of develop a relationship yes. with with a particular staff member who knows about their situation and i guess when you push from pillar to post that that person's welfare or needs gets gets lost in the system that, that's very true and in fact we've got a similar situation at the moment in Sheffield where um, the, the threat of the closure of Sheffield Eastern Avenue which is a job centre on a, a community estate you were and in Sheffield in the week weren't you was that I what was you, yeah. I, I've been on their picket line right. for, for, since the, the, the strike has been running and the, what's really heartwarming about that is claimants are coming out in support of keeping the office open mm. because they understand that in closing that office the people that work in the office understand their needs understand the local community and provide a quality service and what the government is seeking to do is take that away and make them travel a lot further to access those services mm-hmm. so the the benefit claimants in Sheffield have been very much behind the campaign that PCS has run to try to keep that job centre open and obviously mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is replicate that in Whitley Bay albeit on a much tighter time scale because of the closure mm-hmm. that's proposed later this month. Mm-hmm. In regards to uh, the the centre in the West End, is, do you know of a campaign that's building for that? Um, it's slightly different different in the West End West Road Job Centre for the simple reason that the although the office is closing, uh, the people who use it will be asked to to use the job centre in Cathedral Square at the bottom of the big market, and right. that is in theory at least about a mile and a half on the same road mm. um, with as much access to public transport, I suppose, as people have here at the West Road. So Mm. the arguments aren't quite the same. It's because in Whitley Bay, you are taking the job centre out of a whole town. And what's interesting about Whitley Bay is the there is still a local authority, a council premises in Whitley Bay, where Mm. those services could be co-located very easily, which would retain a presence. I mean, it's sad that at a time that Whitley Bay is seeing some rejuvenation, they're trying to redo the Spanish city the same mm-hmm. time they're taking vital public services out of the town mm-hmm. in terms of the west road yeah whilst it will still make it very difficult for people to get <coughs> to, to the to the job center in yeah. city if you live on this side of newcastle um it, it is about withdrawing a service that's in favor of another office w- within a mile and a half yeah i was going to say what the, i know this may seem an obvious thing to say but i mean it sure i'm guessing the ramification like overall is that does it mean that the job centers that are going to stay open are going to have a massively like more difficult time 
like time, like there's going to be increased waiting times and well, um, and just the, yeah, there's more that, more that people. That remains to be seen. Yeah. But I mean, what it looks like at the moment is, you know, because DDP and the government have been very. Uh, sparse with the information that they've shared around all of this there's yeah. been no consultation around offices within less than three miles of each other and public consultation has, has only been necessary under the ministerial criteria yeah. where you're closing an office more than three miles away um so there's been very little information shared with anybody including ourselves but it's not it good. appears that there will be um more more claimants forced into smaller space yes the job center which in theory would uh, again increase waiting times but obviously what dmp is saying is well there's no evidence of that and and mm. let's wait and see but so then you know uh, by Rick, which time the service will have gone ricky was just touching on this though I've, i know people you know what if for for argument's sake because we touched on this earlier that someone has anxiety you know he does doesn't like going a certain distance and yes. you know you're now increasing that likelihood of that happening and that, and as you said you know i guess because because um, we do a mental health show and it yeah. again it's about vulnerable people is that you know because i guess the flip side of i know like we just touched on you get a bad rap which is you know unjustified mm-hmm. for the most part and the i think the i think the stigma that people get who are on benefits the same. is the sort of the same in the in the this idea that they're not trying hard enough and we were just talking about just in relation to mental health earlier it's the one thing that i get very i can't i, I can't say what i want to say free watershed <laughs> but um you know i get very cheesed off um when um when you know people say that because it's just not as simple as that and um, you I know mean, you only yeah. have to look at the recent film i daniel blake which pcs did actually provide advice to ken loach around the making of that film oh, yeah because the main character Dan- daniel blake Things like that do happen. Yes. They happen every day. Yeah. People not fit for work are, are forced off benefit and told to go and sign on as job seekers. Yes. When they try to sign on as job seekers, clearly they're not able to carry out the job yeah, yeah. that they've been asked to carry out. And and I would love to say that those things that don't happen, but they do happen. And with the rollout of universal credit, which let's be clear is. I was going to say, can you talk a bit benefit? more about universal credit? Because I know yeah. a lot of the local MPs have recently signed a letter saying. You know, be Absolutely. careful. Please delay the rollout. Uh, and we support that. that. that yeah. That's our position as well. Because whilst it's true that it has rolled out in some areas, that's on a very limited basis to single claimants. And the impact of universal credit when it rolls out fully is not fully publicised yet mm-hmm. because it will be paid monthly, not weekly. It'll be paid, the money will be paid direct to the claimant and not to the landlord and people will know that when you're struggling to make ends meet and you have that money into your account, it's not. It's very easy then to fall into arrears. If you fall into arrears, you could lose your home mm-hmm. because the uh, housing benefit will be all tied in with it. Mm-hmm. And universal credit has a number of dangers to, for, for everybody who who will be eligible for it and clearly i think the the plea from the from mps is well timed and i think mm. they should delay the rollout to ensure that the full implications of what it's about because the, the west end food it. bank who we've had on this yeah. show we've they've been on twice and they, they've said the exact same thing yeah. and they were also featured in i daniel blake yes, it was just it was just around the corner where it was filmed yeah. so um yeah i mean a number of the uh the sort of supporting actors in that film were mm-hmm. ex-DWP workers mm-hmm. that, that we put them in touch with ex- PCS union members because uh, we, we did meet quite regularly with Ken Loach during the making of the yeah. film mm-hmm. 
but I mean, you know, it, it, it's very easy, isn't it, to to fall into a trap of, of thinking much better if we could simplify the benefit system and have all of this in one place. And actually, we wouldn't be opposed to that either. Mm. The difficulty will be about how the government intend to roll it out and what the implications will be for people. Who it's great that it. you. Uh, got to influence Ken. I met him recently as well because I, I work with the psychologist against austerity right. and we used I, Daniel Blake as a reference in the leaflets yeah. that I designed yeah. and we gave out to people we had a recent the, um, open date Bishop Auckland oh, yeah. and yeah we, we featured Ken and, and his company is it 16 films yes. I think yeah they were very kindly um, yeah. endorsed us and we endorsed them so um, it's become more of a, a collective voice now and I know yeah. that in the letter that the MP signed they actually make very uh, sad predictions in that the, by the time Christmas comes where a lot of people are dependent on yeah. money, the, the poverty will be absolutely yeah. um, I mean, I mean, it's shameful, isn't it, that more and more people have been forced to use food banks mm. and certainly in respect to the job centre closures in Scotland, when those were announced, it became clear that the most closures were, were where the most food banks were. So in other words... It's worth noting as well that the local food bank is the biggest... The, the most biggest deprived thing. areas of the community mm. are areas where these job centre closures are hitting mm. and and that will have a direct impact on the people that use our services and I think what people should rec- remember as well is all of us are only a few steps away from, from being forced yeah. to yeah. access our services yeah. and under universal credit they will introduce in work conditionality so mm. it won't just be about the unemployed and people who are disabled and sick, mm. it will also be about people in low income benefits because it will replace working tax Absolutely. credits and that will mean that more and more people in work will be forced to sign for universal credit as well mm. so it will have an impact on the great on the wider community mm. great i think that sums it up perfectly um just in terms of just thank you for coming in and sharing your side of it because as we just touched on you know it's very it's very often about the people who use services as opposed to the people who actually do the services and you know someone used to be a social worker i've talked about what being a social worker is like and you know obviously you know this is one of the things that we had a heavy debate on when we first started the show of you know, because originally the idea was to be 100% exclusively surface users, and we—I remember me and Ricky had like a, a chat about that, thinking that we didn't think that made any sense, because mm-hmm. um, it's sort of making it an exclusive club, which is not really the point. And um, the point is to kind of make it that we're both on the same side of the fence. Um, um, I felt like that was sort of excluding people unnecessarily, um, which is why. So it's good to have yourself on, and just I guess let's keep fighting this I guess because it's if it's a bad thing uh, overall then you know just to see really yeah, if people are in the Whitley Bay area tomorrow come and support I was just about to say yeah the protest our, our yeah. struggle is your struggle yes and what we're trying to do is defend public so where is it happening the, sorry just one more time in the centre of Whitley Bay there right. will be um, leaflets being handed out from 11 o'clock outside Greg's and yes. um, the, then there Call will Miss be Greg's then. a That's number of speeches reference. and a short demonstration outside the job centre from 12 noon brilliant so if, if you're around in the area, obviously, and it's important to you, obviously, as I said, Frances, go along and um, and protest that because obviously it's not a good thing. And um, you know, as someone who you know has been a vulnerable person, is a vulnerable person at certain times, it's yeah. uh, it's an it's an important thing. Thank you so much for sharing that, uh, Fran, and uh, good luck with everything. On. And uh, we hope that well, we hope it changes. And so, and, and yeah, we're really pleased we got a chance to get you on. So thank, thank you, you very much. Um, great. We actually have time to wrap things up. We don't usually. <laughs> um, so we figured that out awesomely. Um, so just quickly, um, any final, it's like, uh, Jerry Springer. So we're now going over to Ricky's final thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything, any last words? No, yeah. I think, uh, from what looked, uh, you know, cause we were understaffed today and we were wondering how the show would go on. Yeah. Think it's one of being a, one of being I think it's been best. unbelievably good. Yeah. Um, uh, every I'm conversation quite, we've had with every guest yeah. has been 
really the energy like level's always been high. We've had no real technical difficulties, which usually happens. So mm-hmm. all the channels are working, which is excellent. I, I had a little mini like sort of geek uh, geek dance halfway through. So it's like all the channels are working. I feel so privileged. Um, geek dance. So, yeah. Want to? Uh, <laughs> well, you we know, need a it, for that being sort of time. giddy. Yeah. It's the same thing I did when I went to Red Dwarf Convention. That tells you how geeky I am. Oh, where I went <laughs> finally here. Um, anyway, anyone knows I'm geek. We've got a podcast called Geek. Uh, anyway, so um, huge thank you to all of our guests. Obviously to Mandy, to Hannah, and to Fran. Thank you so much for for coming down in the studio. Obviously you've been listening to Mentally Sound. If you're interested in our show, you can obviously listen to the previous podcast that we did on our old community radio station. And as I promised at the beginning, once I get my laptop back um, and we figure out all the recordings, all the there will be a bunch of recordings, including this one, put up hopefully very very soon once I get my laptop back. Um, so please do listen and obviously link away and pass it on to people. Um, and we'll see you very, we'll see you next time every second Saturday, 12 till 2 p.m. on Spice FM 98.8 FM. I've been Stephen. This is Ricky. And to play us out just because I've been listening to this particular artist a lot and I was pleased to see it was on the date, one of his songs on the database. And I play a bit of Tom Petty. Ah. I really like Tom Petty. And, uh, is that was a heartbreak, is it? Uh, yes. And it's Free Fallen. Oh. Which I thought was pretty good. It's a pretty good, pretty good song considering what it, it's the only one that's on. And uh, huge thank you. Uh, have a good rest of the day, everybody, and we'll see you uh, in the next one. Bye. Oh. She's a good girl. Loves her mama. Loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl. Crazy about Elvis, loves horses, and her boyfriend too. And it's a long day, living in Reseda, there's a freeway, running through the yard, and I'm a bad boy, cause I don't even I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart. Yeah.